Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Have a bit of a yak then. Let's see how we're doing. Talk, yeah, talk, talk. good. Chat, chat, chat. I've got yada, a dime yada. bar. A dime bar? Another dime bar. Yeah, Class Holston. Yeah. Yeah. They're on cheap. Yeah, they always are. And great. 50p for four. They also do big bars of chocolate with the dime stuff in them. Which is also good. Yeah. It's a, you know, you've got, you've got to treat yourself to a dime-related Marabu. product. Marabou. Marabou. Yeah. Which sounds like a, an animal they, to me. They get them offshore. It's actually offshore chocolate of choice. <laughs> is it? That's, that's, marabou. That's, that's, that's what they like in the sea, is it? Yeah, Marabou, mate. Yeah. One Marabou. Mm. With diamond. Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And uh, oh, we're starting on a bad note this week, aren't we? We are starting on a bad note. I mean, anything that starts with Pepe is never going to be good. No, and he's swiftly followed by, uh, I mean, he's not as bad, but Speedy Gonzalez is quite a womanising... Yeah, he uh, is. ...sort of situation as well. Although, like, you know, they see, they, 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 they seem to be into it. Yeah, well, that's it. They're on like very opposite ends of the um, the spectrum, I think. Yeah. Um, Does James Bond fall somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Depends. Oh, it depends which Bond. It does depend which Bond. Yeah. It's uh, sometimes it can fall a little bit more Pepe. Sometimes it can fall a little bit more speedy. Yeah, he's 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 definitely been more Pepe again recently. Yeah. Yeah, a bit ropey. Yeah, a bit ropey old Bond. A bit ropey Bond. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, last week, yeah, we, we had some fun episodes, but I don't know if anything's particularly sort of set us up for this, uh, I mean, situation. Like, no, not nothing. really. Like, 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 we chatted about Drunk Stork for a little bit. Yeah, and... the, the Stork situation, the Baby Swaps situation, whether Bugs was meant to be there. Yeah. Like, or whether he was just having a laugh. Well, because it was to do with, like, because obviously Daffy turned up at the end. Um, and we, we like we had the idea that maybe Daffy had called in a favour with the drunk stork to have him drop be dropped off yeah. just to fuck with bugs. Um, there was some interesting stuff uh, with um, uh, real world celebrities back in the Tooniverse and uh, yeah, sort of duplicating themselves in our world. But like with their toon versions, yeah. So the, so the, the the cat that was in it had the ability that basically was. Kind of Schrodinger's cat. It was a portal. It was a portal it, cat. Yeah, it, it, its mouth was a portal. Uh, so that was that was something interesting and something I think we need to look out for. But something was going on because um, they didn't know that like that they, they they saw it as a dream that they were in the Tooniverse and then yeah. they saw Toon versions of themselves come out of the mouth of a cat. Yeah, which means that the Toon versions of people and their own selves can uh, coexist. I'm I'm thinking that's that that's a byproduct of using bootleg portal technology. Yeah, we did think it's like you know the portal's gone awry. It's been sold on the black market. Yeah, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, because it's all that old Nazi tech, isn't it? Exactly, and it's about it's about that. It's, about it's never time quite for that to come right. back around. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's jump in with uh, this 
this week's first couple of cartoons then. Uh, the first one is called Really Sent, which I'm sorry to break it to you as a Pepe Le Pew cartoon. It looks like Penelope's getting a bit of time off because it's yeah. Fabrette, a sewer rat, Pierrette, Pierre Cat, Fifi Cat, narrator. Okay. So um, I'm feeling bad for Fifi Cat uh, in this one at the moment. I yeah, I might be feeling bad for narrator as well. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> I don't know. Got it's to, Pepe. He's got to watch. And I, yeah. feel, I feel his pain in that yeah. regard. He's got to watch and report on what's happening. Uh, that's from June 27th, 1959. Uh, and then the next one up is Mexicali Schmoes, which is Speedy Gonzalez, Jose and Manuel. And I'm very pleased with this because it sounds like uh, Speedy Gonzalez is... Uh, sort of bizarro universe yeah. counterpart, Slowpoke Rodriguez. Slowpoke Rodriguez, of course. Uh, and that's from uh, July fourth, nineteen fifty nine. So let's dive in. He did really well, I reckon, for a minute and a half. Who, Pepe? Yeah. I don't know if he did. Like, like the story was going well, but I don't think Pepe was going well himself. I don't, I don't, I don't attribute anything that went well in that to Pepe. Yeah, I suppose so. It was going well for Pepe, and as yes. a result, his regular demeanour wasn't as much of an issue. Exactly. Like that, that, that doesn't mean Pepe is the okay. Lass, the last was at least interested. Yes. But, you know, when the stench came in, it became very clear that she wasn't interested. Yeah, and that. That and was then, really when he he just he just went full pepper. Yeah, right? he he was just he was just back to a standard thing, like because you know she was into it, he was into it, and then as soon as she wasn't into it, he was still into it. And I, it's like no, like if she's not into it, she's not into it. But I tell you, I, I, I want to talk. I think mostly in depth about uh, the one character who we ex- didn't expect to have such a negative effect on the situation, exacerbating the whole thing. The narrator. Yeah, see, like, just before we started, I was wondering whether or not, because obviously, you know, you know the narrator's not going to be there going, oh my God, what is Pepe up to? You know the narrator's going to be there telling the story. So it was like, ah, the narrator has to be at least either not noticing what's going on or onside. And I fear it was onside. Because she kept saying, yeah, she kept saying, Ah, oh, come on. Like, he's not that bad. You can't let a little thing like smell get in the way or a little thing yeah. like breathing get it, in the way. It was really specific. Like, I think, I think it's like a, like, she might be like some sort of like love guru, but I think more, like, more likely it's like it's a full like PR firm. I yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think uh, Pepe's negative press, um, you know, is getting to him a little bit and it's you know, affecting him and all. I mean, because he's always had negative press, even within universe, just for being a skunk, right? Yes, but he's been, he's Pepe Le Pew, completely oblivious. So, so do you think the narrator has been hired by him to correct his negative press about his about being a skunk? I think, yeah, I think that's basically the deal. Um, but he's he, he didn't know he, he smelled. No, he that was something know. that got flagged he, up. No, he like he's hired someone to yeah. work out what the problem is and iron it all out. Yeah, and it's like, and they know, and I think it's like in the same sort of vein as like, um, like if a prominent musician in a certain era was gay, yeah, their, their management would probably sort them out some sort of 
facade of a good, wholesome, yeah. s- family life. Yeah. That, you know, just, just to keep the press at bay. Yeah. And in the same vein, I think, you know, they're, they're trying to keep his, you know, frowned upon, uh, just nature. Yeah. At bay. But unfortunately, they've, you know, when given the task, they've hit upon something else. Yes. Something which is not to do with his nature, just to do with no. him being a villain. And they've got to deal with that as well. Yeah. Trouble is, what they've got done is gone to, I'm presuming France, actual, I think it's actual France now. Uh, they were in New Orleans. Are they in New Orleans? Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right, right at the start, it was, they're in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, and I do. I do then, Pepe came over on a boat from Paris. Right, so he's... Uh, apparently. Apparently. But we've never been sure quite where Pepe is. No. But not only is this narrator, you know, trying to sort Pepe out, but, like, literally actively manipulating somebody else. Mm. They, they've they hunted down this cat that has... Looks like a skunk. Stripes. Yeah. Uh, which I found interesting. Uh, but then, I guess, like... Because we saw the... The cats as kittens. Yeah. And like the 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 parents seemed fine with it, but the narrator was going, Oh, what like horrible freak of nature is this? <laughs> so like they're seeding it early. This cat yeah. has been groomed. Yeah. From a very yeah. early age. Being given being given very um well, I mean I don't because when when she came out to like you know go on the first date because her sister went out on the first date that went brilliantly yeah. she came out she seemed... I like the way uh, male cats walk if they're out like uh, like a, a courting yes yeah yeah <laughs> just up on very tight suddenly very <laughs> tiny hind legs and they're just like a V shaped yeah. like puff oh, but, but but maybe maybe that's the New Orleans way it is. who knows they're just um, going carousing yeah but then yeah so like she she came out and she doesn't didn't really seem to have a confidence issue it's not like you know like her parents had like belittled her and made yeah, her feel I mean. ostracized it's just, a, it's just a narrator yeah the trouble is like, she should have a perfectly fine life at home with the family but like this has just been going about the town like putting shit about yeah and that and, and, and that wasn't very nice but what i found interesting is when Pepe found out that he was uh, that he was a skunk or that he smelt, he then went, "Oh no, no like for for this girl, like I, I don't want to smell. I'm going to go and get deodorized." Yeah. So he did. So what I find interesting is that he thinks, like from that point, that all of the girls were trying to run away from him just because he smelt. Yeah. Not because he was a massive rapey sex pest. Yeah, I mean. The- so he thought that that was going to be okay, but then. Rather than uh, topping herself, the female in this decided to go and get herself odorised, and now she smells because they've got because the narrator's got so far into her head, yeah, that you know. But what was interesting is then she was like, "No, I'm going to get Pepe," and was quite aggressive about getting getting Pepe, and it, then all of a sudden, yeah, it was but like, that's because brilliant. the narrator's just been going. Oh, you can't let a little female smell get in the way. Oh, you can't. But now we've created another that. villain. That's yeah, the problem. The narrator. Well, no, no. Th- this other cat like, is she now like highly sexually aggressive? Like, is 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 that the situation we're in now? Because Pepe was like, "Oh God, she smells. I'm out of here." Are we going to so get he's a load still of bad? Just essentially uh, gender and species swapped Pepe episodes with Fabret. Yeah, like uh, that's it. And it's just like, okay, now we've got narrator bad, 
We've got Pepe bad, and we've got Ferret bad. You now got three villains to deal with. This has gone with. so wrong. This is terrible. Like, because it doesn't—it doesn't matter whether or not our Pepe was getting his comeuppance. You still now got somebody else who's going to be severely sexually aggressive to people. My my other worry is that, uh, like, we haven't seen um, Bugs or really any of the other sort of like really prominent tunes. No, uh, take any sort of interest or part in Pepe's life at all. I think he's cameoed once in an episode. Yeah. Bugs probably cameoed in an episode, but like. They haven't seemed interested in in this middle-aged divorcee, Jewish divorcee. We got that this episode. Oh, yes. said, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. He's a, yeah. you know, he's got the, got the Yiddish on. Yeah, and he's uh, nose blind. His name's Michael. And uh, Nosmi is the word. <laughs> yeah. nose, nose blind. Nose blind. I've, se- I've seen Febreze adverts. <laughs> but my worry is that now he's got a PR firm, that that's, like, that's what's going to rope him in. Yeah. Like, I'm still hoping that when we get to Space Jam, he's just miraculously not going to be in it. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think that's the way it goes. Oh, speaking of, speaking of Space Jam, we've got to go, we've got to go see got Space, to go Jam to Space Jam 2 before next week. Yeah. yeah. Better work that out. That's all right. We'll manage. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was an interesting episode. Um, yeah, a few interesting all, things. All it, means now, all it means now is we've got three bad guys to look out for. Yeah. Uh... Speedy Gonzalez wasn't actually that bad in this one. No, he wasn't. Um, he Didn't was get up to anything. No, because he was just minding his own business, really. And yeah. they, they were hunting him. I hadn't noticed up until now, mm. until the start of this episode, yeah. where he speeds in as is his want, yeah. saying "Andale, andale, arriba, arriba." He hasn't been doing much of that up until now. No, he's just been speeding about. But the thing is, is like. I mean, obviously, that is a catchphrase that we remember as being quite prominent. But I mean, we haven't really had actually that much speedy. Yeah, but so I'm... it's very possible that a lot of this, a lot of that catchphrase doesn't come until much later. My point is, I think he's he's really learned to rest into his celebrity status, and he feels like he's every celebrity needs a catchphrase. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, Arnie's it's... got "I'll be back." Yeah, and he says it regularly in various things. Matthew McConaughey has "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like um... there's. There's a lot, so so yeah, like maybe his people went, dude, you need a you need a catchphrase. Well, I think because also it like it doesn't seem to me, at least at this time, that he's going around doing much Speedy Gonzalez stuff. No, and I think it's he's like, just chilling. So, I think again, some level of PR, but probably just his mates. I reckon that's how Speedy operates. I think just so. his mates go look, look. Is my advice because that's like he's famous within Mexico. But I think they've just said like if you're not working, yeah. Like you're just going to be seen about occasionally. You've got to have something memorable that people. That, yeah. Just keep your keep your aura in, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, Jose and Manuel, and I can't remember what the two uh, birds were called. And I imagine uh, they were called Jose and Manuel because these were two Through cats. Lazy naming. But they were very very similar, and they sang the same nonsense song. Yeah. And they were just lounging about. And we've had a few things where there's been the same characters as mice and cats. Mm-hmm. And now the same characters as birds and cats. Does that suggest to you that Jose and Manuel are from... Because it's always been people from our world sort of duplicated in yeah, or uh, mouse form. Do we think Jose and Manuel are from our world? No, I don't. I, I, I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing... Um, reasonably standard characteristics. Because, um, I mean, if I was covered in fur... Or feathers. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle on a hot day in the UK. At the best of times. And I've got skin. I've just got bare skin. Do you think it's just a fashion? 
Well, I, 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 well, there's, I think it's part of that, but I think also it's really fucking hot. So I think I think the the whole idea of like the people like lying about and layers and about is because it's really hot so and they're covered in Mexican, fur or hair. So it's the Mexican nonsense song. It's not a product. It, like it's not a song that those birds specifically sang. It's no. that people lose the ability to think and speak and make any so sense. It's so fucking... And that's, so and that's why I was lounging about. Yeah, it's so they, fucking hot. They, they're proper, like, draped over stuff. Yeah, yeah they're, 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 they're like those bloody clocks that melt over trees. Yeah. You know, that. Like, it's hot. Like, so so I, think, I think that's why we're seeing those similar characteristics in that part of the world. And I think Jose and Manuel, quite possibly just common names. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that. So, it's just that, yeah, I just wondered. Yeah, I, I, I'd I, seen similar things. We, we had seen similar things, but I didn't... Nothing about their character made me think that they were humans in the Toon world. Yeah. Okay. It just made me think that they were... They didn't feel like any sort of, like, that sort of elevated awareness no. that those characters tend to have. Um, but, yeah, generally it was... Uh, these two cats decide they're going to hunt Speedy Gonzalez down. Um, yeah, which is a stupid thing to decide. I don't know what they were thinking. Well, I think I think um, Jose told I think it was Manuel. Manuel's that, the skinny one. I yeah, think. that you had to have brains to catch Speedy because you'll never catch him with care because Jose has got brains, whatever they happen to be. Yeah, brains. he has them. Yeah, he, he has them in spades apparently, um, and yeah, like. They, they they go hunting um, Speedy. It doesn't work out. One of the things that I found interesting, though, is they try to use dynamite. Yeah. They popped it in the hole, lit it, legged it behind a wall. Speedy comes behind them, blows up a bag, and then Jose Manuel go, brilliant, he's been caught. They both go to get into the hole to get the dead Speedy. Yeah. They have, they have a bit of a cat fight. Jose wins. Yeah, because Jose says, in. like, it's mine. Yeah. Step off. Pops his head in the hole, sees the dynamite, and then goes back to uh, Manuel and says, "Sorry, buddy, shouldn't be like this. You know, shouldn't I should, I should learn to share? Please go ahead. You go and have it." And it's just like at that point, Jose could have just went. To be honest, buddy, that that didn't work out. The dynamite still there it hasn't gone off. He could have. That's that's supposed to be his pal. Yeah. But the problem is, is I think something we haven't really picked up on before is dynamite has to get somebody. If dynamite it's is gonna, late, it's not going to blow up until until goes somebody down. gets it. So I think what happened there because Jose was the last person to see it, it's going to get him. Okay, so, so he has to send Manuel to go and look at it so that Manuel gets it. See, I can kind of see that. I think it's like more of a case of while no one's there to experience it. Yeah, it it's doesn't frozen happen. in time. Yeah. Um, he stuck his head in, he's been down, it's like, right, better take my head out of here because mm. that's going to go wrong for me. Now, he knows that Speedy knows the dynamite's in there. Because Speedy, Speedy's not going to go back so in Speedy's there until, until it's done. Why would he? Now, right now, they've got an easy time of it. They mm. know where Speedy lives yeah. and they're there outside. So they need. it's much more convenient for Jose to have Speedy go back home. Yeah, because then they can go try and get him and again. He doesn't want to take a face full of dynamite. Why would he? Oh, but he's well, got this guy who could look at it and take a face full of dynamite. Because Manuel doesn't know. Thus emptying Speedy's house. Speedy can return home because exactly. they can try and get him again tomorrow. Yeah, so there's something that's interesting about dynamite that, that I'd never really noticed before. Dynamite, once it's lit, it's getting somebody. Yeah, it's sort. It's quite similar to uh, the, the gravity triangle. Yeah. It's like there's a certain level of um, 
you know, just to which denial and willpower can prevent it from happening. Yeah. If you just don't believe the dynamite's there, then you choose not to acknowledge it. Yeah. You're probably fine. Yeah. But you've just got to have that that drive. Yeah. But yeah, needless to say, uh, they didn't. They don't get speedy. No, but they don't get Slowpoke Rodriguez they, either. They Do you know why? Because <laughs> he's packing a gun. Yeah, because, <laughs> because Slowpoke Rodriguez knows he's slow. So he has something he's that's fast. Fucking, he's he's okay. slow, but he's a sharp cookie. Exactly. He's got a gun. He's got a gun and he uses it to survive. Makes me think of that Futurama thing where it's like the Wizard of Oz sort of parody. And he goes, <laughs> get there, it's like, uh, uh, I need courage. It's like, oh, but who needs courage when you've got a gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, Slowpoke Rodriguez, he's he's uh, he just chimes in right at the end. Yeah, he's he, but he's he's in the mix now. He's, yeah, cause, uh, because he's very slow. Yeah, uh, but, he's but, got like he's, he's just a very thin sort of mouse. Yeah, like, a bit really, slouchy, like, hair shaped. Yeah, like his trousers are hanging off him a little cigarette bit, hanging out the corner of his mouth. But he's packing a gun. So he's packing a gun. Don't but, what, like what I liked about it is Manuel was like, oh, I don't understand why we're going after Speedy. We should have been going after Slowpoke. And then Jose was like, oh, fuck it, I'm going after Slowpoke. And Manuel's like, oh, hold on, hold on, I've got something to tell you. Jose's off, <laughs> grabs Slowpoke, gets gatted in the face. And then, and then Manuel comes around the corner and goes, he's packing a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the piece, That's the one piece of information Boom. we have about Slowpoke Rodriguez. Yeah, he's, he's the slowest mouse in all of Mexico. <laughs> yeah. And he's packing a gun. Yeah. So that's that's what we learned about Slowpoke. I hope he makes more appearances. I hope he does as well. Uh Shall we? Uh, shall we move on? Uh, the character listing for the next episode is annoying me because uh, yeah. I mean, I've been irritated by the amount of times something has said Hector is in a cartoon, and before, it's not, and it's clearly not. They Hector. do it a lot same with, with dogs, Mark though. Yeah, exactly. Like bulldogs specifically. They're yeah, just, but uh, the next one up is uh, a Sylvester Tweety and Hector the bulldog. Open brackets called Spike. Close brackets. So like, Spike. So Spike. Yeah. It's like. Spike the bulldog. It's getting out of control. Uh, so that one is uh, Tweet and Lovely from July 18th, 1959. Then we're going to catch up with Bugs, Yosemite Sam and Injun Joe. In I think Wild. we've had him before, I think we? we have had Injun Joe. I think, is he the giant one? I think he was. Who breaks through mountains. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, Wild and Woolly Hair from August 1st, 1959. suspected not Hector it's not Hector it's didn't not look Hector. like him didn't look like him wasn't called that no uh, didn't have any facial muscles no he had to, he had like a clay face didn't yeah. he he just had to move around with yeah. his hands if he was going to be angry he'd put his eyebrows down yeah just poke him down yeah make him all frowny mouth uh, so Tweety in this one has like a, a, a full blown house like a replica like there's a main house yeah and then there's a dog house which is a replica of the main house yeah. and a bird house which is a replica of the main house yeah we so, don't know who lives in that main house though gotta assume a granny we've got to assume a granny yeah but presumably a different granny to any of the others yeah because we've not seen that format before no. it's all new this is a very angry Tweety though yeah well, although was... not at the start singing in the bathtub yeah, I know, but I mean... I Which think... I thought we'd use the song at the end of the episode. I looked it up and it's apparently been in Looney Tunes 17 times previously. We've never... Yeah. It's a matter we haven't picked up on that one, isn't it? Yeah. 
Weird. But I mean, so yeah, I, I still think we're I think we're dealing with a very vengeful tweet here because I think even like Hitler probably some in the bath. Well, I wonder if um, uh, so just because it's a three prime the... assuming control direct control situation. Yeah, because because he seemed to have it really in for Sylvester this time. Yeah, and also this this house this and it seems like a far more permanent fixture than tweet's been in for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not just a nest on top of a pole. Yeah, um, but it's directly opposite. Uh, what's it called? Inventions Incorporated. Or Inventions Incorporated patents. Yeah, where Sylvester seems to have got himself a job. Yeah, well, it, I, I, I've got a feeling it's his business. May, maybe unless I, it's like I, a I, franchise. It feels like something that would operate under Doctor Coyote. Like yeah, like just the the, the style of. Inventions and also the style of the plans, of the inventions. Yeah, is they, very, yeah, very they, yeah, very they were very, they were very, uh, very coyote esque, weren't they? Um, but I mean, that does mean that Sylvester is operating with a, a higher level of intelligence than really kind of we've given him any credit for beforehand. Well, I think because he like he's not re- we haven't seen him a lot in like the world of work outside of no. his occasional attempts as to a mouse, professional mouse catcher. Yeah. Uh, which always winds up with him getting pummeled by a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, because he's not a kangaroo catcher. He's not a kangaroo catcher. He's not. He never said he was. No. Um, so I wonder if his like because his demeanor certainly at the start of this episode is far more just sort of calculated and chill. Yeah, a lot like it was at the very start with Sylvester. Yeah, I'm wondering whether or not he's off the source a little bit. I think he might be off the source a little bit, and I think it's just having a job where he isn't constantly humiliated by his son and his brat mate. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's he's, okay. He's doing doing well for him because that is going to happen soon. Oh yeah, of course it is. Uh, <laughs> it will. Yeah, he'll he'll be back. He'll be back off the wagon and yeah, uh, straight back onto it. But yeah, so like he, he, like he tries several times to get Tweety, and some of them are brilliant. But the last one, he like he kind of loses his mind a little bit and creates some sort of like really quite deadly explosion. To remove Spike permanently. Yeah. Now, we know full well that, generally speaking, guns and explosives aren't as damaging in the Tooniverse as they are here. Um, no. We don't really know the explanation for that explosives-wise. We know the reason guns are like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, bugs went back in time and re- like basically reinvented them. To yep. be a bit shit. Yes. Uh, which is a smart move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed to work out for him in the in the next episode anyway. Yeah, but um, but the... Yeah, Sylvester goes above and beyond with the explosives. So I think in this, because Sylvester died for certain because he came back in as a spirit. Yeah. Now, what was interesting, this spirit had wings, which means that Sylvester's doing enough to go up, not down. Uh, oh, yeah. But... I think the spike died, and I think the Tweety died as well. I, th- think, I think this so. explosion was a lot bigger, really, than Sylvester expected. Because I think he probably tried to run behind a wall or something when it went off, and it got him, which is why he tore up the plans, because the, the explosion was bigger. So I think it took out the main house, Tweety, and Spike, and him. Now, he dies, and there's a spirit, do, yeah. do, but he also says, lucky cats have nine lives. Now, we yeah. know Sylvester... Uh, when he dies uh, with one of his nine lives, he yeah. uh, is granted immunity to dying that way. Now, yeah. 
you know, he seemed he went back in and like he's he's still sort of together. He's not he's not it's not his ninth life. No, no, he's not gone. No. So uh, has Sylvester created for himself some god awful super weapon to which he and only he is immune I, and this destroyed is, the yeah. plans for it. This, this this is a good immunity. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we've seen. Like he he now knows how to create this thing which is catastrophic. So maybe he didn't try to hide behind anything. Maybe he set this thing off and stood next to it. Yeah. With the full intention of gaining that immunity. So Sylvester now has you know, as long as he can keep it up in his brain. Yeah. The An immunity to a super explosion. Immunity to a super explosion that only he can create. Yeah. Possibly Dr. Coyote. Because I presume all the plans he worked from were Dr. Coyote's plans. Uh, I mean, unless uh, Sylvester tweaked them slightly. But then again, I presume Dr. Coyote writes his plans down for a reason. Hmm. You know, he can't remember them all. He no. has a lot of plans. He does have a lot Those of plans. Those numbers are really high. It was like yeah, 76,408 yeah. or something like that. So, so I mean, I'm... I'm thinking that Sylvester's made tweaks to those plans because he wouldn't go in and destroy that plan if he knew Doctor Coyote had more blueprints that are the same. But I this think. is a new, this is a Porky level madness. This is a Porky the Third level madness. Yeah, but point. I mean, you know, like extreme times, extreme measures. I think maybe that's what yeah, Sylvester's but is he planning on just vaping everything. I mean, I don't think so. Just when he, just, I like, just, I like, just, just a, a, a several block radius around any No, no, I, like, I, I think. This is going to be like Magnum Ammo. He's not going to use it. He's no, he, I don't think. I think seeing what it's done, he's going to have thirty-six think... Magnum Ammo at the end of the game. That's yeah. how many you can get. So, so, so when, when when he gets to Tweety Prime, I think that's when we're going to see the deploying of this explosive device. Yeah, and it's just going to be, you know, I, I mean, what I suppose it allows him to do is when he finds Tweety Prime. Is not think twice about it at all. He know he he knows he knows what he just can just use. Everything in the vicinity and yeah. call it good. So but the thing is, if he goes around doing that all over the place, the agency are going to step in because we don't know what the collateral damage to that was. No, but I'm assuming, assuming high. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like the agency, if he started using it for every Tweety, the agency would step in and put a stop to it, or bugs would. Whereas I think so this needs to make is himself, an accident. He needs to make himself scarce from this situation. Yeah. And then go on a discreet hunt for Tweety Prime. I think really forward. the only reason Bugs didn't chime in this time is because he was busy fucking around with Yosemite Sam. Yeah, in pro- possibly one of the least consequential uh, episodes in a long time. Like, yeah. Even for purely the Yosemite Sam situation, it's like basically just Bugs fucking with him again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and in this episode, we saw how useless Bugs has made guns. Yeah. Like, Sam took a revolver shot to the face and nothing happened. It didn't even go, like, blackened blackened or anything like that. Now, it had happened in other bits, but he took a shot to the face and nothing. It can damage his clothing and, and to an extent, hair. Yeah. It could just sort of cut his hair. Yeah. That's that's the level. That's the level. But then again, like I don't know if there's still a sort of progression in the power of firearms over time because this is like a wild west it situation. Is, yeah. um, so I don't know if you know guns in the fifties are better 
and if they are, how much better they are than guns in the you know, the mid to late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I'm not sure. It depends whether or not um, you know the more gunpowder you pack in, the more like kind of damaging it gets, or maybe gunpowder gets more potent over time. Oh yeah, just vintage. Yeah, it's a good Ooh, vintage. Get that good vintage, good vintage of gunpowder. Gun which is why it's harder to get a hold of. Yeah, it's very, it's very bougie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, ooh, you, you got the good stuff. Mm. Um, the don of powder. But yeah, it's basically Yosemite Sam as he does, just marching into town, uh, being a bit of a braggart. Bugs, uh, he, he, he vapes Injun Joe. It wasn't the giant guy who breaks through mountains. No. But just... interesting thing is, how did he? How did he manage to kill him with the gun? I don't think he did. I mean, I don't know that he necessarily killed him. He just beat him in a duel he did. and shamed him. And, I, I, and yeah. I think Injun Joe just couldn't show his face. Back I, in the I think that's exactly what happened. He I talked a big game, yeah. didn't he? And he's he like, I'm the fastest gun in the West. And the only person who saw it happen was the guy who he left to hold his beer. Yeah. Uh, who, by the sounds of it, makes a habit of holding people's beers when they go and duel Yosemite Sam. Yeah, because he's getting a free beer out of it. But yeah, it's like a largely inconsequential uh, gunfight between uh, Bugs and Sam. Followed by a sort of train chase because yeah. Sam leaves the gunfight because he's got to go and rob a train because it's five fifteen. It's five fifteen. He's got to he's got to rob that train, which Bugs has to save. Um, and by save, he's the only person on the train. Well, I, I wonder what happened. So the train's going. It is. He rides ahead of Sam. Yeah. Gets on the train. Yeah. And then the next time we see him, he's, he's dressing the... himself as the driver. Yeah. So what's what's he done with the driver? Did he just? Say, oh, hop off, or just have a sit down, mate. Maybe, maybe there was never a driver. Because that train didn't stop in the station. So I think A-Bugs has sent it on to go through the t- station. Because if you just set a train to go, it'll go. Yeah, so he said to go. He said to go. He evacuated the train yeah. at the previous station. And he knew he was going to get on, a past him was going to get on, and take over. Yeah, see that. Um, but the bit that was confusing at the end is... Uh, Yosemite Sam got ahead yeah um, after being knocked down a good few times it was clear that Bugs a Bugs at least had sort of Speedy Gonzalez processed how that whole sequence goes because the timing was always like impeccable that Yosemite Sam would get hit and Bugs was very chill about it Um, but at the end Yosemite Sam gets ahead of the train gets on another train going the other way just the just the engine yeah uh, to and has a sort of game of chicken with Bugs, which is never going to work. Uh, neither of them are going to move, and no. then Bugs's train can lift up on these sort of like jacked up <laughs> yeah. wheels, and the track. Uh, so, so it has to be on smaller set. So of tracks. it has to be on a smaller set of tracks in between. Go through there, yeah. and then it's the end of the line behind the train. Yeah. So I don't know what's going well, on at uh, the back uh, of Bugs's train, unless, unless there was a track switcher which Bugs switched when he went through, which led to an end of line. Yeah, there, was a, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on, but there again, I mean, it is Looney Tunes, so we do have to, we do have to go. Okay, we're not going to see everything. We're not going to see all of the ins and outs of all the little bits. So we have to, we have to infer at least some of our good facts. But was that, yeah, like if it were anyone but Bugs and Yosemite, I'd have thought this is a very convoluted plan yeah. that you could have made a lot simpler for yourself. But ultimately, in these episodes, we know he's just there to give Sam a hard time, isn't he? I mean, the thing like like past past Bugs, so the Bugs in this. Is obviously aware of his ability to travel through uh, time at the moment, anyway. Yeah, but he is also 
I think, very confident in the fact that him in the future, like he's Bill and Ted, he, he knows that in the future he's going to come back and sort and sort stuff out. So he's there just cruising as if, like, he's yeah. not got a care in the world. He's there going, so I, when I survive this, I'll come back and I'll set this up, this up, this up, and this up. So it's he like, just cruises it, knowing that those things... Are going to have been sorted in, for him. Yeah, because by in Bill and Ted, that's exactly what they do. They yeah, go, because we're going to do this, and then whoop, it appears. Yeah, because it's more likely to go wrong if you alter the way you're thinking to try and make it happen. Yes, it's like no, you're going to whiff it. Yeah, Just so let's go with the flow. Yeah, and, and he does. You, you can see because he's there. I'm on the I'm on the train window as Sam's coming towards him. He just speeds it up, and he's like, "I got this." And not he's got this. Him in the He'll future's got this. Be fine. Yeah. So he's he's cruising on the fact that he's going to come back in time and sort it out. Which is interesting because it's like, instead of growing more responsible the more he knows he has to do, he's actually got to go the other way to ensure these things come yeah. off. He's got to grow more and more complacent over time. Yeah. Just to make sure that the if, flow isn't ruined. Yeah. Because he will. He, like He'll ruin it. He's so powerful that like, he could ruin it if he thinks... The wrong thing. And no matter how much he second guesses himself, he knows he's second guessing someone who every time he comes into contact with current him is more <laughs> powerful. Yeah. So he's second guessing always a better version of himself. Yeah, so he has to trust it's, that yeah, he's going to, to be trust. better when he gets when he gets round to it. So do you think that that, that past bugs is gonna slowly develop a complex where he's just got to presume he's always wrong? Yeah, <laughs> future him is always better, and therefore he just has to go. It's going to be fine. But you, you're wrong. Yeah, whatever you want to do, <laughs> incorrect. Correct. Do what has happened. Don't get involved. Don't try and fix things. Yeah, that's kind of harrowing. Thought it was bad enough already. Uh, so shall we move on? Yeah, here it is. Here is here is Sylvester. Oh, Sylvester and 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 Sylvester and, Junior. And, and twat Sylvester. <laughs> In fact, it's a Sylvester heavy episode this week, and we've got some extra Speedy Gonzales coming up as well. So uh, let's see if we can uh, tie up some good Sylvester stuff. Um, we're watching Cat's Paw, which is a Sylvester and Sylvester Junior number from August fifteenth, nineteen fifty nine, and then Here Today, Gone to Mali, which is a Speedy Gonzales and Sylvester number from August 29th, nineteen. We haven't seen those two together for ages. No, but uh, it's always good. It it's is. always a good time. <laughs> He's such a little shit. He is a little shit. And he's so much of a little shit that his dad was doing really well in the AA programme. He was going and... like, the booze. His nose wasn't yeah. as red, was it? It's quite brown. And in the following one, straight Rosie. back on it. As a matter of fact, so much on it, he fucking got himself in the Merchant Navy. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's hard to tell whether he had a job as a mouse or as a captain of the cheese boat, really. We'll talk about or that. Or anywhere in, in between. But let's start with the brat that is Sylvester Jr. So Sylvester Jr. is part of the scouts and he's trying to get his bird stalking badge and he's roped his dad in, literally, into helping him. The trouble is, like, it's a cycle with Sylvester and Sylvester Jr. He wants to happens, be a good dad. It, he just wants to be a good It'll dad. be going badly for him. He yeah. won't see Sylvester Jr. Yeah. Then he'll start to get his stuff on track and he'll go, oh, I should call my son. Yeah. I'll and get my life together. And all that ever does is just drive him back to the booze. Oh, it's because Sylvester Jr. is an arsehole. Yeah, he is an arsehole. So, I mean, 
I don't know how much you want to say about this. Sylvester Jr. is an asshole. Uh, his dad was a fucking inventor, doing really well. He was off the source. They went up a mountain to try and find a bird. Sylvester trying to show off in front of his kids. I mean, that's kind of his own problem. Because he tried um, he picked like the bird watching badge, the, something like that. Yeah. And for some reason, they needed to go. What what I can describe as a, a sheer cliff face to do it. Yeah, but I mean, because they were doing bird stalking, so I guess like they were just out in the badlands or something like that, and they like. It was like, oh, let's not go for the, any of the big birds because Sylvester Jr. points out like uh, a wandering albatross or a fucking, I don't know, some sort of vulture. Yeah, it looks like a giant vulture um, and it also looks like Nixon. Yeah, so the Nixon vulture. The Nixon he vulture. picks the Nixon vulture off and Sylvester's like, nah, 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 pal. You don't want one of those big ones. You just want one of the little scrawny ones. And Sylvester Jr. looks up and he goes, oh, how about that one? But also, Sylvester probably thought, like, yeah, the dimensions of this tiny bird are about right, because I've actually been doing pretty well on the Tweety front of late. Yeah, so small, so small, but small body, big head, he's probably like, yeah, I'm all over this. I don't know how to do this. But Sylvester Jr. is looking through the bird-watching book. Now, this is Sylvester's kind of first issue, is he goes, nah, 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 you don't need that book, son. <laughs> Woo, I'll take small and frail. Uh, and away it goes. Now the book lands uh, on the page which I assume Sylvester Jr. was looking at, and it's um, like some sort of baby eagle, incredibly ferocious. That's what it says as part of the thing. Although, like, I'm pretty sure Sylvester Jr. when trying to show that page, he knew his dad wasn't going to look. He could have told him. Yeah, he didn't have to show him. Yeah, he could have like went. Man- by the way, Dad, it's like Manuel in the previous episode. Yeah, he he could have he could have told him he had a gun. Could have, could have, but no. So anyway. Sylvester, Sylvester's are way up, and this bird quite rightly kicks the shit out of him. Um, yeah, it's a, no, yeah. it's no guts. It, like the, the the bird looks like a little mallet, it's like yeah. a bit, like big sort of like like a mallet, mallet head. Yeah, and like he's 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 got some force behind him. He can mm. throw a cat around nobody's business. Well, but they're again talking butterflies. Yeah, at the end, some butterfly decks him, so I don't know what's going on. Unless, unless Sylvester Jr. just knows that this is where all the most dangerous animals hang. Um, I'm, I'm thinking um, that maybe gravity in this area is really high. Well, I was wondering about uh, the gravity issue, because one thing we forgot to mention in a mm. Tweety episode before was that um, at one point Sylvester was invisible and carrying Tweety away. Yeah. And Tweety was like, oh, maybe they've repealed the law of gravity. But I didn't see anything in the paper. So can the laws of physics be repealed in the universe the same way as... Like, I'm not, uh, I'm not social, sure because, like, law. you know, just because Tweety said it don't make it so. No, I just wondered if that was the but, way it worked. Yeah. I don't know. Just be- like, oh, they've repealed that. No, we've undone that. Forget that. The thing is, we haven't seen any laws of physics being implemented yeah, in but, that way. But what? Like, the reason I bring it up is because in this episode, you're like, oh, is the gravity really high in this area? It's yeah. Like, is there state law of physics? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, well, you're, you're, you're in the Arizona desert or whatever now. Like, oh, no, the laws of physics here are different. Yeah, but, well, because... I mean, We've got our own the thing is, constitution. Is, the thing is, if the if the... The gravity wasn't higher when Sylvester was there because he wasn't being, like, you know, cripplingly driven down by it. The only reason I was thinking that is because, obviously, the things were a lot stronger. Yeah, and so they're, jack- they're just jacked. Yeah, so so they're really jacked, but that would mean that the gravity would have to be back to normal, or Sylvester's normal, for him to be able to walk around Does normally. it just happen sometimes, and on that day they all work out? 
Very possible. Um, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, got a thing it, going on. it's like in Dragon Ball Z, where you've got the hyperbolic time chamber or something, and Vegeta goes in and turns it up like ten times gravity and starts doing handstand push-ups. Now, I didn't understand anything you said after Dragon Ball Z, so... Okay. Do you, do you want me to go for it again? Uh, I mean, do you think it will help? Uh, so, I mean, let's let's try. There's There's some sort of, like, chamber... In yeah. Dragon Ball Z, which they use as a um, a training thing. So if they've got a limit, like maybe a day, you can go into it and one day takes a year and you can live in there. And it's, like it's big. Right. And in that place, you can manipulate things. So you can increase the gravity. So the, the Saiyans go in and they start training, but they train in increased gravity. So when they come back out, it's kind of like altitude training. Yeah. So when they come out, they come back to normal gravity, but they've been training in hench gravity. And they come out a day later. A day later, but, a year for but, but they've been training for a year in this hypergravity. Do they age for a year? Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. cause I, yeah because I think like Gohan and things like that, where like when Gohan goes in, he like he does it and he pops back out and he's aged slightly. So it's not hugely beneficial to like just do a good solid month of something in there because that would be... You'd be 30 years older. Be 30 years. Okay, yeah. right. But I don't know whether or not Satan's like Superman age in a different way. Who knows? Just, well, that, that, I mean, that, I that, imagine that. a Dragon Ball Z fan would probably know. If you're a Dragon Ball Z fan... Can you please tweet to us, us whether or not they're going the same on, And maybe watch this good episode of Looney Tunes And whether or not it works the same for half Saiyans, like uh, Gohan and Gotan. Again. <laughs> like, you, just made a, you just made a lot of sounds at me again. But anyway, so what I'm thinking is that possibly this area has fluctuating gravity, which yeah. is why certain things um, are stronger, because butterflies... Short-lived. Yeah, it's like maybe it's like on a lunar cycle or something like that, yeah. and it's just like this time of the month, like you know, it's going to be high gravity. It's going to be high gravity. Yeah, I can kind of see that. So sort maybe of thing. it was low was, gravity then, because was, that's why they were able to get up the hill so well. That's why Sylvester Junior was able to just winch his dad up. Yeah, winch his dad up because no climbing whatsoever. And when the rock fell and landed on the stick and bounced straight back up, it's because the rock wasn't weighing as much. Yeah, and Sylvester thought he could stop with. Yeah, so like maybe it's low enough that. This umbrella will protect me from the bottom. Yeah. It's not. So fluctuating gravity in certain parts. In certain parts. Potentially lunar-based. But yeah, ultimately, like, this episode for me pretty much just reinforced, well, one recent thing, which is that Sylvester was doing quite well for himself and he was off the source. He was. And uh, one long-standing thing, Sylvester Jr. is a little shit. And drives his dad to the booze because in the following episode, Sylvester's nose, bright red again, He's on a ship, uh, so in Mexico uh, there is a cheese famine, all the mice are suffering, uh, and in comes a boat, um, I think it's called the Dutch... It was called the Dutch some, Treat. The Dutch Treat. Now, on that boat, full of cheese, boxes and boxes of cheese. It's the cheese delivery. Yeah, it's the cheese delivery they've been waiting for. Um, and the only occupant of the ship that we saw... Was Sylvester. Bright red nose. Yeah. Like, he's still got a little bit of wherewithal. Like, he managed just to get himself out of, like, a bad sitch. Yeah. But he's definitely not as on it as he was in the uh, in the invention episode. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing, as you say, is that he seems to be the only uh, person on the boat. Yeah. Now, it's not... It wouldn't be the first time Sylvester's, like, been driven back to the booze and back to the Merchant Navy by, by his brat's son. Yeah. But, like, previously, he's been a mouser 
on those. Yeah, because we've ships. seen him in the cargo hold as opposed to up on the deck. Whereas, like, the ship comes in and, like, he's there full on, like, greeting the mice. Mm. Like, he's the, like, he's in a sort of ambassadorial position yeah. in, in, in this situation. So, is he the captain of the cheese boat? I mean, I don't know, because you, the thing is, you don't see anybody else there. As he now, makes a cheese boat. I mean... Has he mutinied on a cheese boat? He could have mutinied on it, but, but what did he do with the crew? Are he down in the hold? I don't know, I mean, like... I, I mean, Limburger, like, it's got a, it's got an aroma to it, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of stink lines coming off that, that Limburger story. I mean, it was area. potentially uh, very, very potent stuff. Yeah, because or just piles of corpses. Mm, I, don't, I don't think that's Sylvester's way. I don't think like, it is. I, I, if, it, I, I, if it were bugs... Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, if it but, tweety, it's, yeah but it's sure. but it's not. It, the thing is, it's not Sylvester's way. He doesn't do that sort of thing. So I think, like boats in the Tooniverse, they probably don't need a massive crew. Yeah, I mean, like, we, because we, I reckon it, they've just got to go and stop. We've got sentient vehicles yeah. and sentient everything. Yeah, in the I Tooniverse, I don't so. think they require overly much. So I think it's like merchant navy. Sylvester's like, guys, I've got myself sorted. I'm straight. Do you think I they... can definitely drive this boat. Yeah. Let me go. And as soon as as soon as he's on that boat, he's popping bottles of rum. He's fucking doing all sorts. Yeah, I guess it gets him out of like a, any sort of judgment zone. Yeah. Because the he's only just person who knows on. is the boat. And the boat don't care. Do you think the like... boat's in the drink all the time? So at what point? Because I think it must be quite a long time ago. Because we've seen um, sort of seventeenth. 17th... 16th century, uh, like maritime stuff with Yosemite mm. Sam, and he's the only person on the boat, and Bugs is the only person on the boat. Yeah. So, at some point, the sort of like the maritime community, from a work perspective, must have been just decimated when people realise all they have to do is really stress out a boat. Yeah, I mean, but the thing <laughs> and is, then it's is just like, right, one employee, yeah, the boat. That, but, but but that obviously gave rise to um, a lot of the um, like shanty bands and stuff like that because you just end up with people with a lot of spare time on their hands that they can get good at the music end of things and that they can just dick about on boats. Yeah, do you think there was like a spell of time where like there were full crews on the boats, mm. they realised that they could just stress out the boat? Yeah. And then they wouldn't have to do fuck all. But the bosses did. So they just stressed out the boat. They had a really good time for the rest of that voyage. Yeah. And then they came back and, like, it was pretty evident what had happened. Yeah. Either that or the boat in its newfound sentience uh, got livid it wasn't being paid. <laughs> I mean, possibly. The boat's yeah. unionised. Yeah. And and all the sailors were out on their asses. Yeah. I mean, do, is that do, why all those mice are just lying around in the port? Do, do, do you think that's what that maritime symbol means? You know, you know the wheel. That's actually like the round table of boat union. <laughs> boat, this is the boat union. <laughs> it's the boat union symbol because they, because they unionised. Yeah, and that that is uh, the symbol that they the used. Yeah. Oh, big take that. Take that sentient sentient boats. Yeah. One crew just to basically look after cargo. Yeah. It's there to fight off the one crew of any other boat that might... That yeah, might or, 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 or potentially, like, may, like maybe when boats became sentient, because a lot of them are quite big, and that one was, you know, like, they can only see in a certain direction, so they still might need help parking. Yeah, yeah. They might... Yeah, they're, they're like, they just... Stop, stop, stop. You've no, no, stop. Oh, Christ, stop. <laughs> That's his entire job. That and... Yeah, you're a banksman. I suppose, like... One of the things you would still need, especially on the cheese boat, mm. is the mouser. You would, yeah. He still needs to be there because otherwise, mice are going to be having a whale of time on these sentient boats. Yeah, 
It's like they can't do anything about that. Of course they can't. No. Like, I mean, what are we going to do? Shut a couple of doors? Yeah. Not going to do any good, is it? So, yeah. Like, the, the balance of power aboard ships mm. in, in the Tooniverse has changed a lot at some point. Yeah. When presumably some rowdy sail- sailors stressed a boat out. Yeah. <laughs> Where, back, oh. in, back in 14 Dickety 2. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I think was happening to that one. And then, other than that, it was just Speedy um, and Sylvester. Um, he is he, milking the Analea Riva Riva. He really is. Like, and, I and, knew it was a big deal. Yeah, like, he's definitely getting a little bit more famous. And his payment seems to be dates with sisters. Yeah, I mean, that seemed to be how it was before as well. Yeah. Except for, he was just... He was just sort of taking them before. He was he, like, he was just going on dates with the sisters, and like, I, and it was irking a lot of people. Yeah, um, so but not enough. Not enough. But like, they they seem to have reached a sort of mutually agreeable situation. Yeah, if Speedy the, does them a favour, the, sister, the sisters are all, sisters are all swooning over Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez, uh, you know, is happy to take his payment in dates with everyone. Yeah, sister. which is but it's, it's really a, weird. You know, that, it's an awful patriarchal system. It, yeah, that's that, that <laughs> a really terrible thing. Is that like these people are using dates with their sisters as currency, and it's like surely the the sisters can just decide this on their own. They don't need you. I, I mean, they were before. Yeah, exactly, and it was working great. But there again, I think Speedy also just likes to help people out. So you know, maybe he likes them to think that that's what they're trading, but they're not. He because he, he doesn't like anyway. he doesn't like people to feel like they owe him. No, he doesn't like you know doesn't want people to feel beholden to him. No, he like he, he he's he's quite happy just to have a bit of a party, and that's that's it, how this one ends exactly. Off. He can't resist a party. Like, but what was interesting is that at the end Sylvester went well. If you can't beat them, join them, and he puts on a pair of like clip on mouse ears and just gets involved in the party. And, I think and they had, seem fine with it. But I think at that point he's realised that these are not the cultist mice he needs to be worried about. Yeah, the cult- these, are, these are these are just party mice, and it's like I'll the cult has not taken hold south of the border. I don't, I, well, I, I think people like Speedy and, and, and probably Slowpoke could probably put a stop to that quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's ca- he Slow- carries a gun. Captain. Exactly. I mean, Slowpoke probably would have stopped it quite slowly, but Speedy was on it. Yeah. But yeah, so I think, like, even though he's back on the source, like, I do think stuff's going a bit better for Sylvester. It is, but I don't know if... He's got, a, WM- if- he's got a WMD. Yeah. He's got immunity to said WMD. Yeah. He's got he's, he's got a captain ship of a boat. He's he's yeah. He can cart around on a boat, Currently. which like we know Tweety Prime is on an island somewhere. Yeah. So like you know, he's just got to sweet talk that boat into just going a bit off mission, bit off piste. Yeah, which I mean the thing is it very well could be, but I don't think that being uh, south of the border with a bunch of party mice is going to do much for his alcohol problem. Not the alcohol problem, but do you know what I think, Sylvester? Has earned a bit. Of I think R&R. he's earned. I think he really has earned a bit of a break. I mean, this guy's had a shitter. Yeah, for a long so I'm time. hoping he, you know, he has a sort of lost weekend. Yeah, like a bit of a blowout for about six months. Yeah, south of the border with a bunch of party mice. Yeah, and then hops on his cheese boat and goes hunting. Well, we can, but we can, but wait and see. Well, we'll have to wait till well, probably the week after next week because if all goes to plan, next week we're going to be talking Space about Jam. Space Jam Two. Right. Uh, and then, then we'll be trying to work backwards from that. I'll tell you this, Cal. And forwards. I'll tell you this, Cal. It doesn't look good. No, I, I, it doesn't look like a good movie, Cal. I, I, I saw, I saw a horrible thing on the side of a bus. So it was a poster for Space Jam Two, right? And it's LeBron James. He's got his arm out to the side, and then if you follow that along, there is a silver space uh, space ball, a space silver basketball. Uh, basketball blown into a wall. All the other Looney Tunes are there kind of looking aghast at that. 
and like LeBron is just staring straight out of the picture, like proper deadpan, but floating above his shoulder is Tweety. Ah, oh, brain slug style. So I mean, does it? Well, the only thing I can take away from this, LeBron is a granny. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that's all I got. Or sometime between now and the future, Tweety finds a way to manipulate more than more than just a granny. Who knows? We'll find out, uh, presumably, at some point. I don't think we'll find out in Space Jam Two. I think we'll find out in many moons uh, when we yeah. link this whole <laughs> twisted pile of spaghetti together uh, yeah. into one spaghetti. <laughs> into one, one spaghetti, long spaghetti, and then we lady in the tramp it up yeah. until we reach results. Space meatballs. No, they just reach each other, don't they? Yeah. But in this case, it's is it surrounded by space meatballs? So in this case, the lady is. Uh, LeBron James yeah. and uh, the tramp is the meeting of Daffy Duck and Porky Pig in 1938 oh god and we're slurping both ends of that, <laughs> that we're tying together and we've just got to get it all tied up before they reach the gap are we the source? we're the source <laughs> good we're the, <laughs> we're the source I like to know where we are in this analogy uh, so uh, as ever thanks for joining us on this uh, on this journey it's good to know we're not on it uh, entirely alone if you guys any... are the source as well by the way you're the source as well Come you're on. the source as well come on yeah. Yeah, you know you're, you're that uh, just that extra little bit of chilli you put in the yeah. sauce just to, just to give it that, that good zhuzh. Yeah. Uh, we, as ever, are going to leave you with a song. Uh, we're going to roll with Singing in the Bathtub because uh, we enjoyed that a lot today, yeah. e- even though for some reason the previous 17 it. times <laughs> it's occurred, not clocked it at all. Um, there's a lot of versions of it, but uh, in our hunt we found out that John Lithgow has done a version of it and uh, it was a no-brainer because John Lithgow's Hilarious. Just great. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, John Lithgow with uh, Singing in the Bathtub. And uh, we'll catch you next week to talk about the uh, bad 2021 film Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Bye! It's bath time! Hurry up now, get the tub. Get your shampoo, get your soap, get your rubber ducky and your toy boat. Let's make this fun. Take a shower is an awful pain. Singing in the showers like singing in the rain. Oh, there's dirt to be abolished, but don't forget one thing. While the body's washed and polished, sing, brother, sing. You can yodel opera, even as you scrawl. Everybody's happy while singing in the tub. Can be Sinatra, soaking as your crew. Getting all the high notes, never out of tune. Singing every number from your favorite show. Dropping down from Fort Payne.
and they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, a ring around the bathtub isn't so nice to see. But a ring around the bathtub is a rainbow to me. Reaching for a towel, ready for a rub. Everybody's happy while singing in the tub. Singing in the tub. Singing in the tub. Singing in the tub. Rub-a-dub!